broadcasting from Littlehampton, UK. This is the Man Up Podcast. Loading in five, four, three, two, one. So here we are. Welcome to the latest podcast with me, Steve Legg, and my good friend and colleague, Tony Vino. Hello there. We're very excitable today. We're out on the road. Um, I just like to be out of the house, me, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is truly a boys' road trip. We are at. Okay, get ready for this. Sit down if you need to. High flying championship team, AFC Bournemouth. AFC Bournemouth. I think we need a round of applause. Woo! So we're in the manager's room. This is this is where some people prep before the game. There's some again, IKEA couches wherever we go. Yes. And we are fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and we are with the resident chaplain of Bournemouth AFC. Yes, it's Andy Rimmer. Hello Andy. Hi there. So, what a season Bournemouth are having. Fantastic. Um, unbelievable. We've uh, Unfortunately, we just lost a couple of games, but prior to that, we had 14 games where we were undefeated. Phenomenal. Just knocked out of the FA Cup. Yeah. Were you at the game? I wasn't. No, I was working that day, actually. Because you are, in real life, a vicar. I am indeed. A mild-mannered vicar. <laughs> I am faintly mild-mannered, and yeah, I was, that was my, you know, my work day. Okay, so, Sunday, so uh, I just felt that I needed to be there. So you're a vicar church. and a chaplain. Yeah, I'm, do, I'm, do, my, main re- job, my main job is vicar of a church okay. called the Lantern, but uh, on the side, you know, okay. a few hours a week, I uh, I, I'm, I support the, the, the club. It's and have like, you informed our friends at Inland Revenue about these two jobs? <laughs> it's not really a job because I'm not paid by the club. Okay. How did you first get involved then? What, what was the, what was well, the I used to be chaplain at uh, another club down the coast, Pompey, oh, yes. uh, for five years, and... Um, when I moved down here to be a vicar, the last thing I wanted to be was getting into chaplaincy again. Uh, you know, even though I loved it at Pompey, it was fantastic five years. Um, but actually, uh, football is a very, um, you know, who you know type sport. I presume, yeah, it's quite networked, isn't and it? The yeah. manager at Bournemouth, um, and they used to train near one of my churches. Uh, the manager was uh, a guy called Kevin Bond. Yeah. He used to be assistant manager to Harry Redknapp. So I went along to training. He said, come on, you've got to be chaplain. And it started off a process, and I ended up being chaplain. That was seven and a half years ago. Wow. Now, for some chaplains, I'm sure it's just a credit in the programme and free tickets. Mm, well, that's it the is. Yeah. yeah. But for someone like you, you're very involved. <laughs> well, no, you I take... playing Seriously, you're playing gold occasionally. I have, yes, it's true. It is true. I've been... Uh, tr- not so much recently, because the old, you know, fluid on the knee isn't, isn't you know... That doesn't help, does it? Yeah. I need the operation. Yeah. But uh, I used to turn up my sort of Peter Shilton impersonated yeah. for a laugh. <laughs> and he turned up with the Yeah, that's right. And, and it ended up one time at Pompey, I remember, with uh, players such as Peter Crouch and others hitting yeah. free kicks at me. And they scored nine out of ten free kicks. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I did turn up for training. The reality of being a chaplain, I'm a sort of pastoral spiritual safety net, really. That's mm. how I see myself. I'm available to staff, players. Um, and... Um, their, their families uh, available to supporters I'm just there really to be um, you know a friend mm-hmm. really so over that time I've, it's all about relationships got to know people and yeah. across the board now we pitched up here dead on nine this morning yeah. and you weren't able to see us but you were you're praying for a player yeah well one of the, the guys fringe, fringe player um, who I've got to know really in the last uh, six months since he's been here uh, sadly I, as we were walking in he said he had a boot on and uh, I said, well, what's that all about? He said, no, it's not a football boot. When you say boot. boot. No, no, not probably. It's an air boot. <laughs> we should think it's all. Yeah. <laughs> or he should wear a boot. But yeah. uh, no, because basically, you know, obviously he's done something to his lower leg. And um, I asked him how he was doing. And he said, well, he, you know, he turned on the 3G on Friday. 
and uh, he would have been playing Sunday in the in the FA Cup. So immediately you you know there's number one there's someone with a bad ankle, but there's also someone who's hurting a bit mm. because they would have been in the side for the for the cup game Villa. So um, I said to him because I've got to know him a little bit. I said uh, you know I'd love to pray for you. Can I pray for you? So we mm. went into a room and prayed for him. Well. Just prayed for healing for the for the ankle. Yeah, because you, you've got it's quite a combination. You've got young young guys yeah. in a highly pressured yeah. situation, yeah. and it's quite a volatile mark. Because yeah, you get an injury that which you've been working towards all your life, you yeah. know, all you know in life can yeah. just be taken off just like that. And then you've got the machinations of what's going on with the club, you know, where where it's at. It's quite a unique. Pastoral environment, really. I it presume, is, but like, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's different from church. Certainly. Yes, yeah. Um, and, the, and the language is different from church, even even our church. Uh, and um, we've been to your church. <laughs> it's not as much effing and blinding. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But 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 yeah, I think it is. It's a it's a it's a unique environment. To be fair, they're paid pretty well for their age span, so they enjoy their misery mm. and comfort. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> we have seen the players' car park, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're now top of the championship, so it's more Range Rovers. Right. Last seen year a few it, out there. When it was more black Mercedes in League One, you know. So, <laughs> I think the thing is that it's, uh, yeah. But they are in a vulnerable place. It's a very short career, relatively. Yeah. And and there are these. This season's interesting. If you're a fringe player, you're not on the side. It's been the same side really for about four months. And so, if you're a fringe player, you do feel very much on the edge. And yet, you don't want to be seen to be saying that the, then you know that your your mates are not doing really well. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you, you want to be part of that. But actually, deep down, they're, 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 they're hurting a bit and thinking, I'd like to be part of this. You're listening to the Man Up Podcast with Steve Legg and Tony Vino. So here we are at AFC Bournemouth, and as a treat, one of their star players, Junior Stanislas, is with us. Hello, Junior. Uh, how are you doing? And I believe you've come from up my way. I'm, I'm, I'm a Preston guy, so have you come up from up north? Yeah, well, I spent, I spent the last three years at Burnley... Um, obviously lived in Manchester it's only half an hour drive in so Great. spent the last three years up there I was going to say down there up there um, yeah it's a little bit warmer down this side great and this is this is your first season here is it at Bournemouth first season here yeah so signed in the summer um, and yeah up till now hopefully everything's going well and it's a pretty good season isn't it it's a very good season so up far. right at the top of the table yeah um, can, can you believe it well yeah definitely we'll when we was in pre-season, you know, we've got a good, talented squad and, as I say, everything's been going well, but only halfway there. Still got another half to go, so fingers crossed. So you could be playing in the Premiership? Well, that's the aim. Um, that's what everyone wants to achieve and, as I say, first half's gone well, so hopefully we can continue that. Was it always the dream to be a footballer as a kid growing up? Yeah, always. Um, from as young as I can remember, I was kicking a ball around and my mum told me I was probably about nine months when I was kicking a ball nine oh. ten months yeah so look at that it was in you wasn't it, it right was, from the beginning yeah. oh thanks god um, yeah well obviously just kept kicking and kept kicking and then got myself into a little Sunday league side probably about seven yeah. um, and then went from there really now Jenny you're a modest guy but when did you realise you were special and you could do this as a job <laughs> um I'm not sure really I just I never really took it too seriously I just really just enjoyed it really um, from a young age just just playing with mates and that around the estate um, and then obviously it went from there got a little bit of interest from I think Millwall when I was about seven so I went to the little training camp um, 
and then left there when I was about nine and then went to West Ham from there. So from about 11 to 21 I was there um, and just, as I say, just enjoying it really. It's brilliant. Your faith's important to you? You're a man of faith? I like to think so. Um, I think it's getting stronger as I get older. Um, my mum was always a Christian and always um, taught me quite a bit and read the Bible to me and so on. Um, I think probably when I moved to this club, obviously working with Andy, it's, I've got like a little bit more... I've always been into it, but I've never really picked the Bible up and got into it. So now I've started to do that. And well, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah. And we're all different mm. stages yeah. in this journey. Yeah. But yeah, how how would you say faith and and you, you know some people kind of whatever they do in life, you know like whether they have faith or not, it's sometimes seen as separate to what they do. But have you found like your, how your faith and football have mixed together? Yeah, I think more as I'm getting older. As I say, mm. um, in terms of Andy coming in and working with us on a like on a Friday morning mm. doing a little Bible study, um, it's it's rare to a certain extent to come into your place of work and then be able to to get a little bit of knowledge about your faith um, so I think from that side of it it's good Junior you've been a legend thank you so much we must let you go because otherwise you can get fined <laughs> yeah. you? and you will be running around the pitch naked we well, understand we hope not we hope not <laughs> all the best thank dude. you Cheers. 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 the 60 second life coach with Peter Horn in this podcast we're going to take a look at the art of goal setting Now, there are lots of different ways of doing this, and a common one is in the form of New Year's resolutions. Typically, that type of goal doesn't have much record of success, and most people have given up on them in less than a month. If you want to set yourself a goal that's going to be more than a flash in the pan, here's a few ideas that could help make a lasting change. Firstly, you should keep in mind that a goal always works best if it's positively stated. This means making it about the outcome that you're seeking instead of the problem that you want to get rid of. This is because the brain is not very good at focusing on negatively stated goals. For example, if you're a smoker who wants to stop, don't make the goal about stopping. Make it about the benefits that you'll get once you've become an ex-smoker. This could be about having more cash in your pocket or finding it easier to run up and down the stairs without getting out of breath. Secondly, You should tell some of your friends and family about the goal. If you keep others in the picture, it's more likely that you'll stay on track because you'll have their support and they'll probably keep badgering you about staying focused on your goal. Thirdly, you should realise that willpower alone will probably not be enough to help you achieve your goal. When you want to change a habit with willpower alone, the odds are sadly stacked against you. The best approach is to try and achieve your goal by stealth, a little at a time. You should give yourself a small reward each time you take a step forward. And if you do this and you make that part of your routine, it can help you to keep your motivation and a sense of progress as you journey toward the bigger goal. And finally, if you have a small relapse along the way, that's okay. All you need to do is to reframe it as a temporary setback rather than a catastrophic failure. So hope you do well. Let me know how you get on. Jobs for the boys. We are, of all places, we're in a hotel in Holland. So, Holland. Truly international podcast. Yes. Um, so, friend of mine, new friend of mine, Dave Hearn, Global Adventures. Dave, we've got three minutes in total here. Okay. Your boys. You've got an interesting job. Tell us about your life so far all in right. 90 seconds, and I'm timing you. Well, as you'll find out quickly my, by my American accent, I do. I come from America, brought up in uh, New Jersey in America, 
but uh, went af- went after university, I went into the Air Force, the U.S. Air Force, and took me all around the world doing uh, some crazy things, uh, not least of all uh, going to Iraq and working with some special forces there and, and uh, again, combating terrorists there. But uh, got out because I was really, God spoke to me in the desert there and really turned my life around and said, you know, there's, there's something about the battle there in Iraq, but there's a spiritual battle going on too. So really turned my life around. Uh, after that, I was, I, was, I was a Christian, but really not um, to, the, to the degree I am now. And so got out after a 10-year career in the forces and uh, went into the charity sector and built Global Venture. So you're not a stereotypical Christian wimp, sandals, mm. yeah. tank top. You're a major yeah. in the American That's right. yeah. Air Force, worked with Special Forces, yeah. Do you take much stick? From your colleagues for being Christian, were you vocal about it? I, no, it you had to, you have to keep it quiet. They've got rules about that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and uh, so yeah, strong Christian, and I and I believe in that. And I, you know, the, the Jesus stroking the lamb. That's that's not my Jesus. My Jesus is the uh, the table flipper. Yeah, and, and, warrior. Yeah, that's right. Guy. Yeah. So, so global adventure mm-hmm. leads very nicely into yeah. tell us about that. So Global Adventure is trying to instill that sort of spirit into boys and into men uh, across the UK, taking them outdoors. We're not, we're not war paint, we're not about war paint and thumping chests, but we're taking guys out into the beautiful uh, environment and just uh, challenging them physically. Uh, and, and then that relates emotionally and spiritually. And then after we're tested physically, we can really get to the core of what manhood means and what being a, a, a strong man means in, in so many different ways parts of our lives. So can you be a strong man not into killing bears? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's not all about physical strength. It's not all about grunting and, and repelling and caving, which, you know, we, we can do. It's, it's about um, the strength of your character. It's about how you want to be a protector of your family, uh, how you want to, to have values that can be passed down to the next generation. That's where the strength comes from. It's, it's from your heart, you know, it's... it's, it's yeah, it, it's so much more than just big muscles and big biceps. Fantastic. <laughs> That's good news for me, Dave. Yeah. Um, so no. your story's in Sorted, the March-April edition. Yeah. Uh, March-April 2015, so loads more in the pictures, lots more stuff you've not told us. Yeah, I know. Because not, you've not, got to read mag. That's right. Yes. Is it classified? Yes, quite a bit of it is classified. We, we, we hint at it in the article, uh, but we, we, I can't, for 25 years, I can't divulge a lot of those secrets. National C- Exactly. Thank you, Dave. All right. You're listening to the Man Up Podcast with Steve Legg and Tony Vino. So here we are. It's our day out at AFC Bournemouth. <laughs> Top of the championship, pushing for promotion to the premiership. Now, I come from Bournemouth originally, and I, I used to come with my granddad oh. when we all called it Boscombe, uh, and Dean Court. And leave the sign out, again, out the side. Um, says Dean Court. I know. Isn't it? What's I know. Well, it's the Gold Sands Stadium now. It is. It's sponsored by some anonymous organisation okay. called Gold Sands. Sounds very sinister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suppose they don't want to be that anonymous. Yes. Put their name everywhere. Andy, how important is sport generally? I mean, a revelation on a previous podcast. My friend Tony Vino, say hello. Hello there. Uh, is into Iranian wrestling. Really? Yeah. And squash. The hairier, the better. Yes. Uh, when they come out, they sing Iranian men. 
very good. Don't give up the day job, Andy. That's right. That's uh, not Julia. That's not bad, fun. actually. That's not bad at all. I'm a, Julia. Um, I'm a badminton guy. Um, we're athletic people, aren't we? You look Sorry. at us and you think people say. How can I aspire to be like that? Yeah. Uh, but that is another... <laughs> Give another, all hope now. Yes, that's another <laughs> subject for another podcast. But sport. how important is sport? That's, I mean, I think that's a really interesting question because I think um, sport... I think sport genuinely is just as you would think um, art or music. I think sport, there is something beautiful about it. There are, but like with anything, there is good stuff. And there is bad stuff, just like there is with art yeah. and music. And I think with any part of life, there's that, there's that balance. And I think the, the hard bit is, is I, I believe sport is a tremendous thing that God has given to us mm. as a way of expressing ourselves. But when you stand back sometimes watching a football match here and you think, this is crazy. It's 22 blokes running around, yes. too knackered, that want to get off the yeah. pitch. They're running around, kicking a football. Yeah. And you sort of stand back and you think the life of, of the world and the real stuff that's going on... Yeah. You stand back and think this is ridiculous. Sport yeah. is actually not really that important. So you have this balance where there's people watching, thinking this is the most important moment in my life, whether they win or not. Yeah. Get, oh, and yet, actually, in the context of what's going on in the Middle East or what's happening in uh, today, today happens to be Holocaust Day. Suddenly, it brings in the contact, doesn't it? What it's what it's yeah. all about, you know? Yeah. And I suppose that's one of the unique things about football. Wherever you find it. You've got the fans watching, you've got uh, all the TV rights and everything that goes around the, the business. But when someone's playing football just with your friends, it becomes that world. That's, that's part of the uniqueness of being human, I suppose, isn't it? That, that, that in this moment, this is the most important thing. And then you take a little step back and you go, oh, right, yeah. yeah. That's, um, it wasn't that's actually true. I mean, as you know, the old, the old uh, Shankly, you know, um, uh, was it uh, about um, matter of life and death? Yeah. It's much yeah. more important than that. It isn't that important, and I think you know when we have. I've had situations as chaplain where I've, um, when I was at Portsmouth, when I first started, a guy called Aaron Flahaven was the keeper. Yeah. And uh, so back in two thousand and one, and he he died in a car crash just outside Bournemouth, actually. And uh, I only been chaplain about four weeks, five weeks, and um, suddenly football was completely pushed to one side. You know, yeah. we actually and, and footballers had to realise in their little bubble. Yeah. And football did that actually there's life and there's you know really important things so sport is a interesting one I think sport is a magnificent thing but it's also uh, it's tainted yeah and particularly football is pretty it was, tainted it's interesting when we talked about in a previous uh, podcast uh, Stephen and I talked about the whole concept of um, competition as well the thing with football competitive sport is that in some ways it brings the best out of people because it pushes you to to you know the end of your ability and 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 it's almost like the, the kind of glory of 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 human achievement but competition also gets in the way of relationship and and Completely. and actually just being one on one and actually being your true self because um when you see other people as competitors you almost can't connect with them on a sort of peer-to-peer level. That's know? right. I mean, when we do our arm wrestling later on, Tony. <laughs> you know, Keep the chops on, whatever you do. Yeah. <laughs> He's I'm not taking you down. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's like with the, the cup my son got this Christmas, which was, um, and on it, it said, you know, call the vet. These swans are sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Andy, we were discussing over breakfast, and we weren't sure about this, and we said, well, ask Andy. He's a theologian. We were talking about yes. we were talking about back in Jesus' day, first century, first century Palestine. Would guys would guys be into sport then? That's a fascinating. I reckon there, there were games. There must have been games. There were 
I think in ancient Greece and Rome they used to have games. I mean, they, to yeah. be fair, they, the Olympics started before Jesus well, exactly. came in. Yes, yeah. so and it came out of the militaristic. BC, so yeah. you got, you know, Paul talks a lot about it. Um, Running the race and yeah, all that. So there must totally. have been, there must so, have had races. <laughs> yeah, and he compares ourselves in, in the area of boxing and, 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 and whatever. So I think I think we have to be careful to take that and just, but, but you know, I, I, again, it's this, it's the challenge. I think it's a big challenge for church. I think the problem is the church, we still, there's still vestiges around of a little bit of, you know, you could do something more important with your life than play sport. I mean, guy, yeah. guy I know, um, uh, he used to play at Cambridge United, uh, and he uh, he was staying with a, he was a young Christian, staying with a, a Christian family, and there's one time when he got injured, and he wasn't in the first team squad, and someone said to him, trying to be helpful, he said, maybe God's saying you should give up football. I think that's changed hugely but I do think there's a little bit of that still around you know and, and it occurs you know you could do something really important with your life yeah than kick a football I wonder if some of that comes from a lot of sports happening on Sundays and over yeah. centuries religious people in particular have been yeah. worried that yeah. people are pulled out of church and I bet there'll be, there'll be guys listening to this who, who are struggling with that in relation to their kids Exactly. Sunday mornings is Sunday tough. sport massive thing and uh, we've got parents who I literally come to me and say I don't know what to do I say look okay why don't you come every other week yeah and you know commit yourself and maybe have an arrangement with you somewhere you go you go Sunday morning with them every other week mm. so you're giving them half a month and then you're also yeah. saying church is important as well it's simply a, a cultural it. clash isn't it you know if church was on a Wednesday night nobody would have a problem That's with them um, you know really engaged with Sunday sport yeah Andy how would you encourage men who aren't macho and into sports is there anything you would say to them about keeping fit and the whole. Well, I, I, it's interesting that we, as a church, we've just uh, ripped out a car- the carpet in our lounge uh, <laughs> and put a f- um, vinyl floor down because uh, we've got girls into Zumba and Pilates and, and all that stuff, and tums, bums, and thighs and whatever. And the aim is, in fact, I met with her yesterday, to start doing uh, health, fitness, weight management stuff. And I think actually looking after our bodies is an important thing. You know, God didn't make us discombobulated, He made us body, mind, and spirit. Fantastic. Let me just ask you one last question. I mean, um, a body like yours, Steve, of course. You, I don't know it's what perfect what for radio podcast. It is, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we often get these these messages bombarded at us. The only real man, if you're, you're macho, you sleep in streams, you go camping, you go out shooting bears and stuff. Mm-hmm. What would you say to men who are in the flower arranging and knitting? Uh, you know, are these guys real men? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I personally, it doesn't Not press my buttons, but yeah. I agree. Yeah, and I think, uh, as we were saying earlier, you know, that you know, we are in danger. Um, to be fair, in our church, I think I've given up on them now, really, in relation to sport, because most of them are into, you know, yeah. even things like opera and stuff like that. Blokes, uh, and you know, personally, that's so shocked. That's all right. But what yeah. I'm saying is, I think you want to encourage people to be all they can be, yeah. and then actually. If they've got interests, and certainly interests, uh, you know, beyond just sort of turn out a bubble study or whatever, then great, we need to encourage them to be all they can be and enjoy mm. all that God has given in those capacities. So, flower arranging, um, yeah, maybe it should be, if it had a competitive edge, it might get into it. There's something about competitiveness. We were discussing this on another yeah. podcast yeah. about wrestling, which I guess is competitive. I love team sport. Yeah. I went to the gym for years and never really get on with it. But <coughs> badminton playing doubles, right. winning. But I remember once in my last church, we at the Blokes Life Group, we ended up um, being given the flower, we decided to do a flower rater for it, and the Life Group said to do it. 
and the blokes group got it, which is the one I'm yeah. leading. We just never clue what to do. So what we did in the end, we thought the best thing is if we do it really badly, then they'll never ask us to do it again. <laughs> so what we did, we got three beer glasses, put one in the middle, two either side, yes. in a bit of Oasis. So I think that's Love probably it. Yes, that's what's called Oasis. And then we just went to uh, Asda and, 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 and got some flowers, put a bit, stuffed some Oasis in each of the beer glasses, and then just put the three things like that. So they're Beautiful. on the old communion table, three of them like that. It was so bad. That we never oh, asked to again. <laughs> to me, that was a success. Now, there's a tip. <laughs> there's a tip for you. Let me, I said that was the last question. Let me just ask another question. Andy, um, what would you say for someone who was really, wanted, really interested in sports ministry and wanted to be a chaplain, perhaps? Is it the kind of thing you approach your club if they haven't got a chaplain? Yeah, or can a church get behind a club in that sense? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole chaplaincy thing is really opening up all levels of sport. Um, mm. I think uh, well, there's an organisation called Sports Chaplaincy UK. They're worth contacting. You get, get them on the web. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will give you information about how you can approach the thing. I think it's really important to talk to them because, um, uh, you know, the way we approach a club is is, 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 is very important. We're not mm-hmm. there, you know. I know we said in another podcast, jokingly, it's not about tickets. Um, I never give... Uh, get, don't go with the free ticket game mm-hmm. at all. Uh, when we played Liverpool recently, I was people queuing up saying, you know, uh, can we get it? Fans saying, yes. you know, I want Liverpool. Um, <laughs> I, you don't go the ticket route at all. I fall over myself to serve, and we aim as a church, fun enough. We do a carol service every year, and the churches pay for it, and it's great fun to say to the club, right. the church are paying for it. You're nothing to do with it, and they go like, ah, what's that all about? And so I think a cl- you have to go with that servant heart. Yeah, you have to go and say, we want to serve the club. How can we serve you? So. And will Bournemouth be in the Premiership next season? Um, well, two uh, two weeks ago, I uh, no, and I still believe it. Actually, I think they will. I think they will. I think they've got the they've got the uh, the um, team ethic and the team character to do it. We've just lost a couple of games, so it, it does. It's amazing how it throws things. Confidence and it's, it's all yeah, about it's confidence. So I mean, the, the you know, there's only five points differentiating the top five at the moment. So it's it's a it's a you know, it can change very quickly. But I, I do think there's a there's an ethic and there's there's something here which is really special. And you've got an outstanding manager in Eddie Howe. Super. Destined for amazing things, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I've probably had nine managers that I've been a chaplain to at Pompey and here. And um, apart from Harry Redknapp, who's got something about him. <laughs> um, and uh, but, but Eddie, weirdly, when he was a player, because I knew him as a player at Portsmouth, um, and he himself would even say, so I never expected him to be a manager. He's no, he's very unlike, but he's like the modern manager now, which is much more about deep thinking, quite obsessive, uh, t- attention to detail, but he would have what I would say he's got it. When you meet him, he's just got it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he'll be, a, yeah, he'll be, he'll be a top manager wherever he goes. He'll be here for a few more years and then, you know, I think it's true what people are saying, but he's a very humble guy. What are people saying? Well, they're saying England manager and all that stuff. Are they? Potentially. I mean, he's only, he's only 37. Have you heard anyone say that? 
Uh, people don't talk to me about England you managers. Don't know yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the cross is your like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the England manager, uh, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Sticks. Uh, <laughs> he's doing great. Listen, don't laugh about it. Iranian wrestling. Ask him a question. <laughs> okay, who was the 1980 uh, Olympic representative in the um, yeah, for Iran? Oh, oh, that is so easy. I'm not even going to allow. Yeah, it yeah. Come on, yeah, yeah. Andy, really, thanks a million. It's been wonderful meeting you. That's fantastic. Um, we're cheering on the cherries. Thank you. Come on. To do great things and Thank see you. them in the Premiership will be dream come true. Indeed. Woo. It'll be wonderful. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Man Up. Of Man Up. Visit us online at sorted-magazine.com.